Ah, yes. We're starting to get back to normal, right? Is this going to be one of those weather situations, TJ, where by this afternoon, everyone's like, dude, what was everyone freaking out about? It's just fine. <laughs> Probably going to be the case. I, I hope that's the case. Mm. Yeah. So I was sitting here trying to hammer down some food during the break. I um, I'm really... Some people are tired of the debates when it comes to collectives and NIL. I, I, I just, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the choosing of sides. I, I, let me give you a quick little for instance before we hit the top five stories of the day. I was listening to one of my many Oklahoma Sooner podcasts that I listen to, including uh, listening to our shows, which you can download as soon as the program wraps up, kref.com, or by simply searching the ref, however you consume podcasts. This is from the 405. NIL collectives for $100 million universities shaking down everyday fans is what will push people away more than anything. I know everyone thinks college football is untouchable, but Major League Baseball used to be by far the most popular American sport. Alienate your fans and see what happens. I appreciate that person sending in that take. In listening to one of those podcasts, it might have it might have been uh, the unofficial forty. I think they were talking about one of their members that was throwing a fit in a roundabout way because Oklahoma wasn't crowdsourcing and they weren't trying to ask for money. I I don't think that's what Oklahoma wanted to do, but they decided to go out and say, "All right, well, if you guys are going to complain about it, here we go. Here comes our attempt to." To try to raise some money, I think the Crimson and Cream Collective has a a matching. Th- and I mean, I, it's not that it went poorly. I just don't know that it was necessarily as successful for Oklahoma the first time around that they did it as it has been for other schools. And that's fine because there's other ways to fund and there's definitely money there. But I'm with that dude. I I've never understood saying and coaches like you got to go do this in order to. You got to pay more. You got to again. That's fine. You can say that, but don't don't we kind of pay enough? I mean, aren't we at that point to where as fans we, you know, getting a little bit of everything? And I'm not by any means a, a wealthy or rich man, and I don't think I would ever be able to afford to to start a collective or be a part of a collective. But I kind of tend to agree agree with that last texter on. I'm not somebody that's like, why are we not crowdsourcing? Why are we not doing this? Uh, Tennessee had the joke about we need to raise 500 grand, right? Well, I mean, that's great and all whenever they tore the goalpost down, but I don't know, TG. I, I kind of, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think as successful as it's, I think a lot of people are like, well, they did it there, so we need to do it here. Yeah, that's cool, but I mean, there's other ways outside of saying, all right, you better give me now uh, X amount of dollars, and LSU did this, and Iowa did this, so because they did it, we got to do it. I've never really understood that. Yeah, I, if someone's doing that to me, I'm probably not giving you anything. So. <laughs> I've already told you. You've got enough money out of me. Right. But, yeah, I, I again, I agree with that. And Josh Pate, whom, again, I don't think I've ever listened to Josh Pate's podcast, but I sure as heck end up with enough of his, of his videos tweeted into my, my timeline. 
But he had one. He had a tweet the other day that was interesting. He goes, it's going to be wild to look back five, ten years from now whenever revenue sharing is a go in college sports and athletes are getting a cut of their TV money and we look back on a time whenever we were asking fans to support collectives, right? So, again, I hear what you're saying, but you have to understand there is also though that that groundswell of people that see someone else do it and they get mad like, well, we should be doing this. Why are we not doing this? Where is our cool little graphic that we all match to bring it $2 million, right? It's just kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Is, are we still allowed to say that? I think we are. Um, there's good stuff here. I, but my point in bringing it up is I can't stop talking about this because I think it's relevant to the future of college football. I think it's relevant to the competitive future of Oklahoma. And TG, I don't know about you, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think there'll be guardrails. I think there'll be rules in place. But I don't think that collectives are going to disappear. And I don't think we're universally just going to have a salary cap that everyone agrees to. Oh, well, you're never going to have that. No, you're never going to have something that everyone agrees to because there are those that are more powerful than others and they want to keep keep the control. So you're right, you're right there. And it's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's just... I think what you've been screaming and what others want to scream for is structure it somehow where we understand it. I, I just want to know what's going on. Right, right. The other day you said something. It's like, I want to open the books. I want to see what's going well, yeah, on. Yeah, I want right? to prove it to me. Prove to me that you just gave this guy this money and where it's going and where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, I will add this. Just, um, just kind of give you an idea of where I, I stand overall. I... I don't see guys living as extravagantly as I would at their age if I was allegedly making some of the money they are. That's when I, part of those comments came from. Like, was I it? don't know that I believe it because I don't see dudes driving down the road in Ferraris or Corvettes or whatever it may be. Like, I probably would have been stupid with with that kind of money when I was 19 and 20 years old. I would have been so stupid. All right, listen. Uh, do you have the open for the top five stories of the day? Are you ready I do. to go? I do. Oh, look at you. Oh, I think I just played the wrong one, didn't I? Is that the wrong one? <laughs> it works. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> they didn't have it open here. I think I picked the wrong one. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Top five stories of the day, as always, brought to you by Newcastle Casino online at newcastlecasino.com. Uh, you know what? We got to get back to spending our mo- uh, Mondays at Newcastle Casino. Great people. The OTB is fantastic. NewcastleCasino.com. They bring you the top five stories of the day. And we start with number five. Oh, we both had it. Look at us. Number five. Number five on my top five stories of the day is actually a pretty simple look back on the weekend that was in Portal Talk, right? We saw Ohio State go all in. They added, you know, uh, the number, there were only six five-star quarterbacks in the 2023 recruiting classes, and like three of them are on Ohio State's roster now with what they, they've done in the portal this weekend. Uh, they've added Caleb Downs. Zalen Hurd did indeed commit to the University of Tennessee that had been expected and had been talked about. But I would also add, based on based on the recruiting information that I see out there, and obviously following what Parker has to say and what he has to tweet about, there are a couple 2025 guys that are worth keeping an eye on, including 
the fact that Oklahoma has lined up a visit or has given an offer to 2025 four-star cornerback Tay Harris, who over the weekend backed off his pledge to the University of Georgia. OU also has gained a visit on on 300 cornerback Tristan Hayes. He'll be on campus at Oklahoma as well as Georgia. Just took a trip to Missouri over the weekend. So on the recruiting trail, it looks like there's good news everywhere. I did I did speak to an unnamed coach whenever he was leaving the banquet. And I'm like, what? Life on the road? You getting, getting a break? And he goes, I got in at 4 a.m. I'm leaving again tonight at 7 p.m. They're grinding. They're grinding, man. They're out there. They're getting in front of high school coaches. They're getting in front of parents. They're grinding away. It's good to see on the recruiting trail for OU. Was there anything else? I know T. Rowe always has his portal update. I feel like I've kind of nerded out on it quite a bit. But was there anything else portal-wise that caught your eye over the weekend that we need to touch on? No, it was all the Ohio State stuff that was going on. In fact, now that you say that, we T. Rowe didn't even hit the transfer portal update today. So hmm. apologies to Brent Swift and Swift Go Roofing and Construction. So That's right. Yeah. Do it because Barry Switzer said so. All right, number four. Very cool. You have all the numbers I need. Let's do this here. Um, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll get Josh back in here coming up in just a bit. I'm not a big need to overanalyze a story like the collision between Caitlin Clark and the Ohio State fan, but seems to be a major story today, and a lot of people are talking about it. Some are calling for the end of court storming. Here's what Caitlin Clark said afterwards when Ohio State beat Iowa. And as Clark was running off the court, she collided with an Ohio State fan. Oh, I guess it would help if I had it plugged in. He's angry to me and knocked the win out of me, but um, luckily the team just kind of picked me up and got me off the court. So, um, And their AD already came and apologized to me, so I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, this is what comes with the territory. I mean... I'm sure they tried their best to do whatever they could. Obviously, it didn't work, and that's disappointing. But, um, you know, just focus now on the game and, you know, ways we can get better. Thank the AD for apologizing to her. Said it was part of the game. I don't know. If you if you think she flopped, which has been – a. I don't understand why she has become so polarizing to people. <laughs> she's she's good at basketball. She's selling out arenas. She's running full speed. She doesn't see this person that comes out of nowhere screaming, yelling, and running. Your arms have like a natural reaction, right? I don't think she flopped. I think, you know, more than anything, even if she fell a little harder than you thought she should have, there is a certain degree of shock there for her like mm-hmm. wait what just happened and it may have been different too had the person turned around and shown any compassion it was like she ran her over and then just completely like looked back and then said eh, i'm not going to help her up or anything or apologize i'm just going to the no, she's just mob of people so it was almost like oh crud if i walk over there i'm getting arrested so i'll just go lose myself <laughs> in this crowd and as uh, as we joked about earlier, it's like, where did she come storming from? The upper <laughs> right. deck? Was she outside the arena? She was the hot dog vendor. She put like down the, her tray and ran in. She was like the last person on the court. And I I think my favorite person after Zapruder filming this is not only the girl that collides with Caitlin Clark, but the security guard that's standing there. And even as the collision happens, TJ, 
he's still waving people to come on through. <laughs> come on through. Come on down. Yeah, come no, no, come on. You're good. Come on through. Not not nothing happened here. You come on. One of the Ohio State players left the celebration to check on Caitlin Clark. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh here's what her coach said, Lisa Bluter afterwards. Because again, it can't just be, oh man, they collided with each other. That sucks. You know, it's unfortunate the game ended that way and Caitlin gets taken out on the floor, um, gets some inappropriate words yelled at her by fans, by students. Um, that just should not happen. It should not happen. Our players should be safe. They should be able to walk off the floor. Um, I, that's, uh, that's very disappointing. I, I think Ohio State, great team, great environment, but, but obviously very disappointed with the post game with our players getting injured trying to walk out of the gym well again she just had the wind knocked out of her here's my thing too i i realize she's the biggest star in the world and that's, that's right. a big win but should you rush the court when you're a top 15 team that's right ohio state's still a pretty good basketball team. <laughs> right so that was my argument this morning i know i sounded like old man like nope. i said yelling at clouds but it's like you're a top 15 team like expect to win like don't be shocked and running Rush the court in that situation. So, uh, as one of our great hosts likes to say, agreed. Let's hit big story number three. All right, so it it sucked yesterday to watch things come up just short for Baker Mayfield, as the Detroit Lions are on their way to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1991. Do you remember off the top of your head? who the Wayne Fonts-led Detroit Lions played in the NFC Championship game in 91? This I do not. It was the then-Washington Redskins. Okay, okay. I Kind of like a quick little confession. I would always... I would always somehow root for Detroit. I don't know why. It's, like They were my NFC team for a while. But my gosh, they were a hard watch after Barry Sanders <laughs> retired, right? Terrible. Oh. Just miserable. Yeah. In 1991, the Detroit Lions went 12-4 and on the season. Their head coach, Wayne Fonts. They won their first playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. In fact, that was their last playoff win heading into this season. It was a, a team that featured, listen to this trifecta of quarterbacks in 1991. Eric Kramer... Chuck Long, and Andre Ware. Of course, the most important piece of that was Barry Sanders. But now, now we have a new era. The Lions are headed to the NFC Championship game. I, where's my Lions radio network? I believe this is the Detroit Lions radio network and their final call after submitting their showdown with San Francisco next week. Oh. Your Detroit Lions beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23. They are on to the NFC Championship game. We'll see you next week when they'll be in Santa Clara to take on the 49ers. All right, great. Uh, congratulations to the Detroit Lions. I have a Twitter slash text question for tomorrow's show, TJ, and I want to pose it to you right now. You ready? Is there a college football version of of the Detroit Lions. And by that I mean a long-suffering team's fan base who hasn't been in the mix for a while, heck, maybe it was Michigan, that we all 
wouldn't mind, right? I don't, oh, wouldn't I don't, mind. Okay, right. there, there's the key there. Yeah, I don't know if there's anyone in college football like that, actually. No. <laughs> Somebody somewhere is going to mind yeah. something. Like, yeah. uh, being a miserable franchise, I was going to compare it to Texas A&M. Uh, but that's not that's even completely different because Detroit never talked to themselves, uh, talked about themselves as if they were something they weren't. So that doesn't even apply. Yeah, guy from parts unknown does point out that the Redskins smoked them in that NFC Championship <laughs> game. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Obviously, our own teams. I mean, I I think there'd be a lot of tears shed if Oklahoma clinched a spot in the national championship game, like the Lions did. Huh. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there really truly is one. Because some might say, well, what about A&M? No, 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 no. Maybe um, Missouri may have been that until they became just absolute uh, crazy. I, I can't even say the word know, uh, This uh, the past three months. I just, I'm now listen, people, Lane in California, Realtor Chris and Chapstick. Hold on to all these until tomorrow. I'm simply picking TJ's brain on this. <laughs> they do have some great options. Right? Though. Yeah. So, yeah, hold on to those. Yeah, I'll hold on to those until tomorrow. But let's just say two teams that names start with an N seem to be very popular, Nebraska and Notre Dame. So, I, just a thought. So, it's the end for Baker Mayfield, though, unfortunately. And what a run it was in 2023. Baker afterwards, uh, his resurrected season, though, ends in heartbreak. We felt like we were in it up until the last drive, and so it sucks. I feel like my heart just got ripped out, but it's football is a complex game, but it's also simple. It comes down to taking care of the ball. Uh, and then one more. It would mean a lot for me to, to, to bring back a lot of key pieces to, to get this back together and to get it in year two in the system. That there, You can make huge strides, and so I would love that, obviously, who knows how it's going to play out, but um, can't say enough about this organization for the opportunity they gave me this year. And so just thankful. And so uh, hoping, hoping it works out. If you go to our Twitter feed right now, Tyler had put the uh, video up of what Mike Evans said about him. You think he's back in Tampa next year? I would be shocked if he's not. Me too. Yeah, me I too. Think he, I think he will be. And uh, I have been told that we're not playing the right final call for the Kansas City Chiefs loss or Kansas City Chiefs win in Buffalo because I guess I guess Kevin Harlan who was the former play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs I guess Kevin Harlan made a lot of Buffalo Bills fans mad with his call we'll, we'll play it for you coming up after the bottom of the hour in the meantime let's hustle through our uh, two biggest stories big story number two Boy, across the uh, country, across the league in college basketball, what a wild Saturday that it was. Not only did Texas beat Baylor, but we watched as as Rodney Terry jumped up and down and celebrated. Kansas lost again. T.J. Perry, help me make sense of life on the road in the Big 12. It's Uh, crazy. As we keep repeating in the morning show, it's hard to win on the road in the Big 12, Chris. (laughs) So Go take ahead. it. When you get it, take it. Like that Cincinnati win. Good win. Take it. Cincinnati, by the way, quick turnaround. They've got Kansas tonight. If you missed any of the Big 12 action this weekend, uh, quickly, West Virginia knocks off Kansas, 91-85. to Houston beats UCF in what was an ugly game. Ugly game, 57-42. to That Texas win over Baylor on the last second shot. Iowa State. 
<laughs> Iowa State blew like a 19-point lead and then had to hold on to win 73-72. Texas Tech overcame a, a little bit of a sloppy start to beat BYU 85-78. Kansas State beats Oklahoma State 70-66. to You notice I missed a game. Talk about it in big story number one. Oklahoma improves to 15 and 3 on the season. They're 3 and 2 in Big 12 play. They beat Cincinnati 69 to 65, an absolute Donnybrook on the road. Porter Moser talked about the physicality of the Sooners. I mean, it, it, very very hard because they're they're as good as I saw them on the film. They are everything and more physicality. You know, I know this is the first year in the Big 12. You'd think they've been in there forever, the physicality. Um, but we just, we just we try to be relentless and go after it. You try to box them out, but they, they keep coming. And it was just a pursuit. We're just trying to pursue. We, we, I know they got some, and they got a lot early. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, for our guys, we were just absolutely trying to do whatever we can do to go get two hands on the ball. You know, pursued it. Out, out to end rebounds on their three, and then try to, try to really get into the box out and then pursue it. So, um, you know, I, I know that since they had, uh, what they have? How many did they end up with? 12? Still a lot. Um, but I thought, you know, we had 13, you know, for us. That, so we were, we felt that we were trying to go get some extra possessions too. We couldn't be so lopsided with them having more possessions. There you go. More on OU's win over Cincinnati. More on the incredible divisional playoff games. And two stories that didn't quite make the cut for the top five stories of the day next. This is Kellen McCoy, head coach of the Norman North Boys basketball team. If you're a high school sports fan, make sure to check out krefsports.tv. You can find over 250 basketball games live this winter as teams make a run to the state championship. All right, welcome back in. It's the Plank Show. Sorry about that. So like I get choked up thinking I only get three more segments with TJ Perry. All right, two stories that were right on the cusp of the top five stories of the day. One of them we did kind of talk about already. Teach, what'd you make of Lane Kiffin retweeting a story that, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what websites my man Lane Kiffin frequents, but there couldn't be a report that has less actual reportering in it than the one that he retweeted. Did anyone ever take the time to click on gridironheroics.com? I did, you, I did not. I saw him talking about stuff, and I did not click on the link. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to assume Andrew Kuzleka, who wrote it, the headline says, Report, Ohio State Buckeyes spent $13 million in counting in NIL money to attempt to field an elite roster. And what's interesting is – it gives credit to something called CFB Focus. I've never heard of CFB Focus either. It, this is to your point, TJ, and I don't know what Lane Kiffin's thought was in throwing this out there. Is it to say, see, you guys give us grief and look at what they're spending, but this is ju- this reportering is just like the numbers. With, and I, I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know where it's coming from now. If you want to go historically, Ryan Day did tell a group of boosters in 2022 that it would cost roughly three, uh, $13 million 
to compete. He thought that it would take $13 million to keep Ohio State football at the top. But he said that in 2022 uh, to, I think they had, what, 100 members of the Columbus business community. And that was a Cleveland Plain Dealer article. And now this guy's like, yeah, they're spending it. CFB Focus said so. And then Lane Kiffin retweeted a story from Gridiron Heroics. Like, what's... What are we even doing? Well, I, don't, I don't even What's know why point? he's why is he even retweeting it? It's not like he hasn't gone out and spent money this this transfer portal period. I, I don't understand what his point in it. And two, you're right. Look at where it's coming from. This seems like a couple of made up sites that some dudes that are on message boards a lot saw stuff on a message board and said, "No, I'm writing an article on this." They play, they went out and spent 13 million because some Yahoo on a message board probably sent, said. Uh, I bet they. I bet they spent around thirteen million on these guys. Yeah. Here's what's interesting: the rumored amount of money that Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss spent, the number that's being bannied about, is eighteen million dollars. That's the rumor, and it's one of those to where, you know, every, I, well, I know, I know a guy that works at this and and goes there, and that's where that number comes from. So. A really good point on the super secret texto so line was maybe Lane tweeted it to catch the attention of his own boosters. So maybe that would lead me to believe that it wasn't $18 million that they had. Maybe it's been a little bit less. And so for Lane Kiffin, it's like, it's a good point, Pop. Lane Kiffin, it was like, hey, $13 million at Ohio State. Either A, I wasn't fooling you when I said what we needed, or B, we got to spend a little bit more. Great theory. I would have never come up with that. Just because I've always thought, hey, they're getting $18 million out there. That's how they got Quinshawn Judkins and Will Howard and uh, Caleb Downs. It's, just, it's crazy. Maybe it was a shot at Ohio State. Like, uh, what's the uh, oh, what's the series with the girl from Ozark? And uh, it was a, you're poor. Hey, oh, we're yeah, throwing yeah, yeah. Up, We're throwing out $18 million. Yeah. You're, you're a measly little $13 million. Right. Nice try. Hey, this is funny. You and your $13 million, guess what we just did? How cute. <laughs> Here's the other story that caught my eye. So we're – I don't think we're done with the coaching carousel in college. I don't know what's going to happen at Michigan, but I don't think Jim Harbaugh's coming back. Um, I <laughs> – by the way, I mentioned Pop. Congratulations to our buddy Jeremy Poplin, the Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year. What a freaking stud, right? But he had a tweet the other day that I'm still laughing. And every so often I just kind of giggle about. And then this story had me thinking about it too. Where he said, we don't talk about the times when the grass is greener enough. Because <laughs> everyone's like, hey, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Eh, sometimes it is. We just don't always talk about those very often. <laughs> That's funny, Pop. Congratulations, man. I'm so pumped for you. But I was thinking about that with the Chip Kelly story. So we we don't know what's going on with Jim Harbaugh, right? I don't know if the longer wait is good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know what it means. But I just know that he seems to be taking his sweet you-know-what time and figuring out where he wants to go. And I'm sure Michigan's getting a little bit nervous right now, right, with the roster erosions, especially now seeing what Ohio State has done. That's going to spur action. Chip Kelly's name is reportedly being used in head coaching interviews as a guy who would come in and be the offensive coordinator. Now, I don't know if – I don't think Bill Belichick is leaking what his coaching staff is going to look like, but you have a lot of dudes 
that have coached with Chip Kelly in the past that as they're interviewing for these jobs, TJ, and the owners and the GMs are, all right, well, what's your staff going to look like? I guess on a couple of occasions, Chip Kelly's name is the guy that's mentioned. And it got me thinking, is this something that, I mean, a group of five teams are already fighting this, right? To where you're seeing Sean Lewis is a great example. I had a couple of others just the other day. They're joining Kalen DeBoer's staff to where, like Buffalo's head coach, I think was one of them, right? To where they go and they take a coordinator's job or an assistant job at a Power Five program because it's just they're making more money than they would as a head coach at a group of five program or a not non-Power Five league. Is there a chance that you could see a guy like Chip Kelly, maybe there's a few other names out there, that would say, you know what, this whole being a head coaching thing in the portal era, NIL, that's not what I signed up for. I'll just go run an offense in the NFL, and I'll be just fine financially, and I'll just be fine with life. It's less headaches. My question to you was going to be, is that attractive to uh, owners and GMs that they say, uh, we're going to have Chip Kelly perhaps as an offensive coordinator option? That's a good question. (laughs) I don't know if that's still an attractive thing at this point. Boy, but I will tell you, I will never, ever forget that first Monday night football game whenever he went out there as the head coach of the Eagles. And I want to say they were playing Washington for some reason. Oh, that was the year. It's like, look out, Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Michael Vick. Yeah, it was the Redskins. Look, they won it 33-27. <laughs> Vick went crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, the Chip Kelly offense is going to take over the NFL. And then it never really happened. Never, nothing ever came yeah, of it. Yeah. Never really materialized. He did go 10-6 and six in his first two years. So those were two. Uh, kind of trying to find out the why be, behind what Lane Kiffin did this weekend with the Ohio State tweet and how much they're spending. Is he messing with his own boosters and saying we got to spend more? Is he just saying, hey, y'all give me grief, look what Ohio State is doing? Or is he basically calling Ohio State poor? And then the other part of it, Chip Kelly being mentioned as a potential offensive coordinator in the NFL. We'll get some texts next right here on The Ref. Bleed Crimson? Love great Sooner talk? Join The Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. I'm watching my kid right now. She is trying to play like in the ice. I mean, am I that bad of a dad to where they feel like they need to go outside and walk around on iced down blades of grass to enjoy? Is it fun as far as sliding, or are they? Uh, is it a poor man's snow, and they're trying to build a snowman know. with the eyes? What's going I, on? I'm, I'm afraid to, to ask. I'm not going to lie to you. Or she might be trying to walk out here, and she's just holding onto the fence going around the perimeter to get here because <laughs> <laughs> she can't walk. Bless her heart. Hey, Jeff, by the way, I didn't get to listen a ton this morning like because uh, I didn't drive to work this morning. But did you, uh, did you have a good weekend? Did you uh, take in all the hoops and all the madness? All the Saturday? hoops, all the NFL, yeah. It wasn't a much of a leave-the-house weekend. Ran a couple of errands, but other than that, yeah, just watching uh, basketball and uh, the playoff games for sure. I thought what was cool, I thought what was cool, Teach, was how this weekend's basketball, NFL games, it was like a slow, gradual rise, and each game got better and better. First game, Texans and Baltimore. Right. Good first half. 
but then got away from, from Houston. Then that second game, Niners, Packers, good game, right? Pack, Niners played like crap, but a good game. Buccaneers-Lions, great game. And then this elite game between the Bills and the Chiefs. It's like watching a movie. They're like building up to the crescendo end. Loved it, man. I hadn't thought about that, but you you are right in the way that it ended. And Oh, poor Bills fans, man. They just <laughs> they thought, we got them. They're in our place. Uh, finally, Patrick Mahomes, you've got to come here. You're going to hear it from us. And they were tremendous up until those last few seconds. When that when that field goal goes wide, it's just like that guy's just bawling down on his knees mm-hmm. and his friend's got his hand on his head. It was just like we've all been there. We know with our teams we've all been in that moment. But, man, they just can't beat them. 22 years ago. Wait, hold on. What am I saying? It was it's 40 years ago almost now. This is the date. This is the date, January 22nd, 1984. So that would be, what, 40 years ago? 40 years ago, TJ, was the last time the Raiders won the Super Bowl. 40 years ago. There is no way that seven-year-old Chris Plank thought that was going to be the peak <laughs> of my fandom. Well, I'm not far behind you. We're, we're, the Cowboys are approaching 30 years, so no, okay. we'll be there before too long. So. But at least they have the title, right? I mean, the Bills fans don't even have that. I might have been That's true. seven. That's true, yeah. And I'll be sitting there crying like a baby. Did you see the picture of the guy who apparently had got a Bills to the Super Bowl tattoo? Oh, I didn't see that Just guy. Just yesterday. No. Right. Oh, no. Just yesterday. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, fun games all weekend long. I, I thought I had the Kevin Harlan call. Maybe I'll find it for final thoughts, but great weekend. Uh, and with that, we were talking about the Chip Kelly news, so let's get a Quick race to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. This is from the 405. It's attractive for NFL teams to hire someone like Chip Kelly, who has been a head coach and is just looking for a chance to just call plays. And because of this, they're more likely to stick around and avoiding the revolving door of coaches, kind of like the Chiefs did with Steve Spagnola. I hear what you're saying, but you got, when Steve Spagnola, when he got fired from the Rams, you got to remember, he's – he didn't like go down to college or anything. He stayed around the NFL. So I, I, I guess my question would be, how would that affect Chip Kelly's candidacy in that he hasn't really been in the NFL? I guess you would just say, well, it's his offense and it'll work. Cliff Kingsbury is apparently a finalist for a couple of offensive coordinator jobs right now, inclu- including the Raiders. I feel about that. Jeff from Moore writes, there was no celebration for the 2000th program victory for softball last season. Will there be one before the season starts? Uh, I, I don't – I mean, Jeff, I would ask, what, what do you want them to do? I mean, hey, one or two <laughs> thousand I was about games. to say, what were they supposed to do, have a right. parade? We did just win three straight national championships, so, I mean, that might add into it. But I, I, it's, it's a benchmark moment. Uh, the 405, on our conversation about NIL, which is going to be every day, just prepare yourself and we'll fight or we'll agree and we'll have fun with it. 405 writes, as soon as revenue sharing comes and conferences are dead, the big schools will be much less willing to subsidize the smaller schools. Example, Ohio State and Michigan will not want to share with Maryland and Rutgers. I I mean, if they wanted to, couldn't they kind of cry foul about that now? If they really truly wanted to? I mean, I don't. 
I don't know what the future of conferences looks like, period, in college sports. I mean, that was that was Chip Kelly's big idea, right? He's like, do away with conferences, have it all be regional. But yeah, I don't I don't think revenue sharing would spell the end of conferences. I don't. Now, might there be different tiers of distribution then? Okay, that, that might be something worth keeping an eye on. But for now, those schools are getting grandfathered in. It's a good question from Jason in Okmulgee. Guess what is frustrating? Bags of cash. But what is that? $100,000 or what are we even talking about? TJ, this is like he texted it from our phone. We don't know. That's what I keep screaming. Like, (laughs) show me proof that this kid got $2.7 or whatever the numbers are that are being thrown around. There has been no athlete at all that has come forward and said, I decided to go to this school in an NIL deal because they got me 2.7 and I actually collected it. Right. We have not seen a single athlete say that. Exactly. Florida Sooner, I think he and I kind of look at the portal the same way here. He writes, with the, with the transfer portal, I think kids should be able to sign when they commit, whenever they want. No need for a particular signing day. They can leave anytime they want anyway. So instead of commitments, let them sign whenever they want to. Huh. Do away with signing day. Now, hmm. um, this weekend... I keep going back to this weekend. Um, I went back and forth with Barrett Salee. His idea was do away with the early signing period. And I said, interesting. I'll hear it. But what if we just did away with signing days, signing periods in general? Why, why does there need to be this is the date where you can sign? Now, I know there's unintended consequences, and I haven't thought about it that, that deeply. But I've always thought, what's so magical about this day? Why? I mean, we just chose a random day in December to basically say, here's the early signing period, a couple weeks before the semester starts. I mean, just uh, you and I joke about what signing day used to mean to us, right? We'd watch as guys would pain. wait. It meant pain. That's pain, what it meant, right? We had to work so damn hard on that day. I hated that day. Stress and pain. So much. It's like, what are we doing right now? Now, I mean, Brent Venable's press conference was at 1030 in the morning on signing day. So what are we even doing? I, I know there's nostalgia there, but just sign when you want. Oh, so and so signed. Great. Then you don't. You're not signing high school sophomores or freshmen. You still have guys that they sign, and you can only sign either the summer before your senior year or your senior year. But you can sign whenever you want. That's one thing that I think would be interesting. Now, I'm sure there's unintended consequences, Florida Sooners, that haven't come to mind yet, but we'll see. Uh, two other quick ones here, real quick. I know we're up against it, Tej. Uh, from the 832, what happens at some of these schools when the portal reopens? All of a sudden, the roster is seeing a ton of people come in that likely will compete or even jump them. Ole Miss, Mizzou's roster cannot be happy about it. Will they then lose players in the spring? Yes. Yes, absolutely they will. Absolutely they will. And then on the court storming, which has been a small portion of the show today, Nick writes, honestly, I've been on the football field when people are storming. They couldn't care less about the safety of others. Finding schools won't save it. Make it something fans will care about, like disqualifying them from a championship or something. Too harsh? Dude, I've told you, I've been a part of, in three seasons, eight field stormings. And at least in every single one of those, I see a myriad of kids 
that feel like there are zero repercussions for anything they say or do. They don't care. And if they happen to knock you over getting there, they don't care. Something needs to be done. I don't want it to go away. But at the very least, we got to hold them back for like a minute. I understand the buzzer beater nature of it. It's kind of tough. But it's got to be. Someone sent the video of, of West Virginia. They were protecting the Kansas guys getting off the court. If West Virginia can figure it out, other schools should be able to. Quick break. We'll put a wrap with final thoughts next right here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KREF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Do you have any hot takes, Tej, you weren't able to get to in the six hours of radio you did today? Was there anything? I think I got them all in. No, I don't think there's anything. Uh, You know what? I may have one tomorrow when Uh I finish it up. I saw your tweet about American Nightmare. Yes. I'm an episode and a half in, so I'm going to finish it today probably at some point. I, I can't figure out yet what people are so shocked and angry by once you get to episode three mm-hmm. because halfway through two I'm like well this lady's lying and then I said that this morning and everybody's texting and going dude wait Just till wait. you see wait Just till wait. you see I I'm I I don't have a lot of Netflix or Prime or Disney Plus shows that I watch right and this weekend I got into two of them now obviously American Nightmare is very short it's only three episodes but the twist is amazing because you're like, oh my gosh, this was going on all along. You'll, you'll see. You'll, I can't wait for you to see it and talk. Is Toby watching it? Have you talked to him? We brought it up today, I'm and glad. so I think he's uh, he was going to and was interested and then text Jenny, and Jenny goes, oh, I watched it while you were gone to Cincinnati. <laughs> Jenny, what are you doing? Uh, I hope she didn't tell him anything. No, she didn't Brooke, spoil anything for him. Brooke, and, uh, Brooke is one of my go-to crime podcast TV show people. And I texted her right away and I said, you've got to watch this. Brooke, you've got to watch this. She was an episode in too. And because I also, I don't, I don't know if this is like mean to say, but I thought the, because you've heard from the victim, right? You, you've had her yes, interviews? Yes. So I'm halfway through that episode okay. where I'm like looking at her like, she's she, lying. Yeah. And doesn't she look like much older? Yes. Okay. That, yes. I was like, well, she looks like she's like a 30 year old mom of three. But, okay, that's a great prim. There's a tease for 24 hours, baby. Primrose Funeral Services online at primrosefuneralservices.com. Call them. Help them pre-plan your memorial service today at 405-321-6000. Oh, I can't wait to talk American Nightmare with you tomorrow. It's unbelievable. And then I started watching the Percy Jackson stuff that's on Disney+, and I like that, too. I liked it. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday. We'll all get out of this ice and be back in a normal world tomorrow right here on The Rev.